Welcome to the Get Real About Safety podcast. In our podcast, we discuss the new view of safety, what works and what doesn't work, to break down old paradigms and help you improve safety performance in your organization. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Pam, and we appreciate you listening. Please share and subscribe and tell others about this podcast. You can find us on most podcast platforms and also on YouTube. Where there is no vision, people perish. Hi folks, how's everybody doing? Great to see everybody again and welcome to another episode of Get Real About Safety. Today's podcast is about vision and very specifically about the power of vision in culture change. Before we get to that though, let's just talk about a few things. Things are really picked up here at ProSafe. A while back we were super slow because of the COVID-19 thing right after it hit. But uh, we have been able to successfully convert many of our services, in fact, most of our services, over to virtual services. We have been doing a tremendous amount of virtual training with our clients, uh, also through Georgia Tech, uh, the Human Performance and Advanced Safety Management courses, and, uh, and even on the OSHA Training Institute side that we've been involved in for many years. Uh, actually, Georgia Tech has gotten approval from OSHA to offer a number of the uh, ocean numbered courses virtually as well. Now, I don't know how long that'll last. Uh, things may open back up depending on how things go with the numbers. But um, right now, everything's virtual, and they're kind of saying probably till about December. But uh, we, we're doing other things too. We uh, just this morning, I facilitated a human performance event learning team. Uh, for an event that occurred uh, in Kansas, and uh, that was actually session two. We did session one a couple of days ago, and uh, we are also offering uh, virtual services in terms of our uh, culture assessments, doing focus group interviews and offering the surveys online as well. So anyway, uh, things are really picked up. I hope they are for you too. I know a lot of people have been out of work here lately, but uh, things seem to be turning around a little bit. And uh, so anyway, we want to talk about today vision, and I really can't tell you how important it is to have a great vision. Now, so I guess my first question to you would be this. What is your vision for safety excellence? What is your organization's vision for safety excellence? Because if you don't have a vision, it's very difficult to explain to people in the workforce where it is the organization is going to. So we're going to get into all of that as we go along. You know, I opened this up a little while ago with a little quote uh, that without a vision, people perish. And that is a quote from Proverbs in the Bible. Now, the same can be said about plans for transformation in an organization. Without a clear and compelling vision, plans tend to wither away and ultimately fall apart. Uh, here's another great quote. This is from a gentleman named Alan Kay, who's a scientist and uh, an inventor. And his quote is that the best way to predict the future is to invent it. That speaks to creating an intentional culture. Now, you have a culture in your organization. It's really just a matter of what type of culture that you have. 
and what kind of culture you want. The fact is most culture change efforts fail and they fail for several distinct reasons. The good news is that all of them can be managed. And make no mistake, culture change has to be managed. Culture change doesn't happen on its own. There are many powerful forces within organizations that can pull even the best efforts off track. This requires leadership. And intentional culture requires intentional leadership. Without this, you can pretty much guarantee failure. So the first step in any culture improvement effort is first defining the current culture. It's not possible to know where to go until you know where you are. This is the value in conducting a good quality culture assessment. It will identify current strengths of the culture and it will target opportunities for improvement. And we're going to be doing some podcast in the future about culture assessments. You know, I've talked about that a lot. and I know Pam's talked about it a lot in the past. But I think we really owe you a podcast about what is that, what's it about, what's the value, and uh, what organizations can really expect from that. However, once you know where you are, then what do you do? You then create a vision. Then develop a strategic long-term action plan based on the vision. Then you employ proven change management strategies to assure success. According to John Cotter, professor of leadership at Harvard Business School, there are a number of errors that organizations make that cause their culture change efforts to fail. Culture change takes time, and there is a series of phases that organizations must go through if they're to be successful and to sustain that change. The problem is most organizations are not aware of these steps, or if they are aware of them, sometimes they skip these steps. When they skip steps, it creates an illusion of speed, but it never produces satisfying results. In a future podcast, we will look at all of these culture change steps and discuss what your organization can do to get the best results. However, in this podcast, we're going to focus on the very first one, and that is vision. Underestimating the power of vision is a serious mistake in organizational transformation. Cotter says in Harvard Business Review that every successful transformation effort I have ever seen has a guiding coalition that develops a picture of the future that is easy to communicate and that appeals to customers, stakeholders, and employees. He further concludes that in failed transformation efforts, you often find plenty of plans plenty of directives, plenty of programs, but no vision. Having a powerful, inspiring vision is one of the first steps to sustainable improvement. Skipping this step will usually result in a lot of activity that may or may not achieve its intended outcome. So what is vision? Vision is simply a picture of the future. It clarifies the direction in which the organization needs to move. It paints a clear picture in the minds of everyone in the organization of what the future will look like. And that's where sometimes we're a little bit weak. Why is that important? Lack of vision creates fuzziness. It creates wishy-washiness. Is that a word, by the way? It leaves everyone confused as to the direction and the intent of the organization. However, the opposite of that is that a clear, compelling, and challenging vision removes confusion. 
it tells people what we want. It tells people where we want to go, and it motivates them to help create that future. It also provides a powerful communication for management. Once a vision is established, a narrative can then be developed around it as a tool of inspiration and leadership influence. So let's talk about this from a safety improvement standpoint. Today, many organizations want to develop high-performing cultures of safety excellence. Unfortunately, the typical approach is to come up with some slogan or some moniker like zero incidents, zero accidents, uh, zero this and zero that. And then they latch on to the latest, newest, greatest improvement approach and generate a lot of activity around that. More often than not, some improvement will occur, but in time it will usually peter out, lose steam, and revert back to something similar to the previous culture. The problem is that one of the first steps to transformation, creating a vision, has been skipped. So let's clarify something right here, right now. Zero incidents, zero accidents, zero injuries, zero harm, and all that other zero crap are not visions. At best, they are slogans or monikers, but they are not visions. They are standards of perfection that do not account for human error. As a result, they are a setup for failure, they are set up for worker demotivation, and they are also a big setup for loss of credibility on the part of management. Why? Because they're unattainable. And they don't tell people what you want, they just tell people what you don't want. We don't want incidents. The subliminal message, of course, is that management does not want to hear about incidents or near misses or accidents or what have you. Rather than to rehash all the reasons why we need to get away from all the zero stuff, we did a specific podcast a while back titled The Fallacy of Zero. If you haven't had a chance to hear it, I'd invite you to go back and listen to that one, then come back to this one, and this will make a whole lot more sense. So what does a vision for safety excellence need to be? First, a good vision tells people what you want, not what you don't want. It paints a crystal clear, inspiring, compelling picture of what it will look like when the organization has achieved that desired state. A good vision statement is short, it's repeatable, preferably 25 words or less, and it leaves no doubt in the mind of the workers where the organization is headed. Once developed, a narrative can then be established by managers and supervisors that describe what that vision will look like in daily practice. According to John Cotter, a useful rule of thumb is, if you can't communicate a vision to someone in five minutes or less and get a reaction that signifies both understanding and interest, you're not yet done with this phase of the transformation process. One of the best examples of a clear, compelling, and challenging vision and how to build a narrative around that vision is the speech given by John F. Kennedy about going to the moon. In 1962, in Houston, Texas, President Kennedy stood in front of a crowd and announced a vision that had previously been considered impossible. We're going to take a listen to an excerpt of this short speech. And what I'd like you to do is, as you're listening to this, sort of pick out what was the vision. In other words, what is it that we are going to do? Not what we're not going to do. What are we going to do? And then... I want you to listen to the narrative that he built around this because this narrative is powerful. It is compelling. 
It is challenging. It is inspiring. And so what I want you to do is listen to the detail of how he painted his clear picture of what the vision is. So here we go. For we have given this program a high national priority. Even though I realize that this is in some measure an act of faith and vision. For we do not now know what benefits await us. But if I were to say, my fellow citizens, that we shall send to the moon 240,000 miles away from the control station in Houston, a giant rocket more than 300 feet tall, the length of this football field, made of new metal alloys, some of which have not yet been invented, capable of standing heat and stresses, several times more than have ever been experienced, fitted together with a precision better than the finest watch, carrying all the equipment needed for propulsion, guidance, control, communications, food, and survival on an untried mission to an unknown celestial body, and then return it safely to Earth, re-entering the atmosphere at speeds of over 25,000 miles per hour, causing heat about half that on the temperature of the sun, almost as hot as it is here today, and do all this, and do all this, and do it right, and do it first before this dictate is out, then we must be bold. Okay, so pretty powerful, huh? Now, if you were to extract out of that speech the vision, the, basically the vision is we're going to the moon. Now, pretty short, pretty repeatable, right? You know, that's how a vision needs to be in an organization. It needs to be something that's short and repeatable. You should be able to ask anybody in your organization, what is your organization's vision for safety excellence? And they should be able to repeat that. They should know that. Now, around that, then you can paint that narrative. So now let's just take a look at the one from John F. Kennedy. So the vision was going to the moon. But the narrative around that is how we're going to do that. What is that going to look like? First of all, he painted a sense of urgency right up front by saying that this is a high national priority. That is really important. Sense of urgency is another change management tactic. You know, without a sense of urgency, people have no reason to change. And so by conveying that there is a sense of urgency, it helps to motivate people. And then he said, we don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. We don't know the benefits that await us, but we're still going to do it. And then he went on to describe what that's going to look like. He talked about the size of the rocket. He talked about the gravitational forces. He talked about, we don't even know the benefits, but we're still going to do it. He talked about the fact that um, uh, the, the heat on reentry. Uh, he, he said that the rocket would be put together with the precision of the finest watch. And 
if you think about all the details that he put in that narrative, he basically painted his clear picture. There was no doubt what it was going to look like when we went to the moon. So the vision is we're going to the moon. The narrative around the vision is what will that look like. Now I want you to think about the fallacy of something like zero accidents. And so, in other words, we're telling people what we don't want, but we're not telling them what it looks like. After Kennedy painted that very clear picture in the minds of a nation, what happened? We achieved it. You know, he said in that speech that we're going to do it by the end of the decade. And in other words, he put a timeline to it. And what actually happened is that we did it, and we did it within seven years. That vision captured the hearts and minds of an entire nation, and it inspired and influenced and motivated its people to help create that future. And as a result, we did it. We took something that was previously believed to be impossible, and we made it happen. We made that future come true. That, my friends, is the power of a vision. I would submit that if we can do that, we can certainly transform organizations. We can certainly transform safety performance. The problem is we tend to underestimate the power of vision and we default to one of those useless slogans and effectively skip a vital step in change management, which frankly, to use a term from Dr. Todd Conklin, is intellectually lazy on the part of management. The job of senior management in any organization is to create a strategic vision to establish the core values that will guide the organization on the path to that vision and then align the organization to the vision through leadership and accountability. That is their job. But to do so takes work. It takes intentional leadership and it requires a visioning process. So let's talk about that process a little bit. Visioning is not a one-time meeting that a group engages in then forgets about. It has stages that can be accomplished over time. The process evokes creative solutions to business and safety challenges, and it sparks a continual evolution of learning in the organization. The process of visioning is different from problem solving. Problem solving is about incremental improvements. Vision, however, lays the foundation for breakthrough improvements by allowing the mind to break free of its assumptions about how things are done currently. In other words, what can be done? It, it invites you to look at the organization in new ways. The advantage of going through this process is it brings people together around a common dream. It coordinates the work of different people, different stakeholders within the organization. It helps to clarify decision-making at every level. You know, one of the beauties of having a clear and compelling vision and attaching that as a core value is that it makes decision-making really easy. If you're a manager in any organization or a supervisor in any organization, the decision simply becomes, is the decision that I'm getting ready to make in line with our organization's vision and its values? If it's not, we don't do it. If it is, we know it's okay to do that, but it clarifies decision-making and it eliminates a lot of fuzziness and wishy-washiness about making decisions. It also builds a foundation for business planning because if we have a clear vision and we have a strategic plan around that, then we can constantly improve that plan as we go along. It challenges the status quo, 
which is huge today. If anything needs to change, is to break out of that old view model of safety. And it makes incongruent behavior more noticeable. If we have supervisors, workers, managers, whoever in an organization, and their behavior is not congruent to the values and the vision of that organization, it kind of stands out like a sore thumb. In other words, it's kind of an accountability thing, right? So visioning sessions should be held. The basis of the process is to clarify values and to establish the future state. It's best done in an off-site meeting away from daily distractions. One of the most common parts of this whole process is the amount of involvement of the key stakeholders. It's very tempting to just take a small representative group off-site to do the visioning and then to deliver that message to everyone else. While this might seem like a prudent use of time, people will not be committed to the discoveries of others and a lot of effort will be wasted. Involvement needs to be widespread throughout the organization. The core of the visioning process is a design team that spans all levels of the organization and represents all groups, especially the workers themselves. This group must be carefully selected and given the necessary amount of time and resources to accomplish this task. These teams are most successful when participation in the process is part of their job description and their performance review. Communication to keep the larger organization apprised of what the team is doing is also critical. At some point, everyone in the organization should feel that they have input into the process. You may even want to think about sending something out and having people submit what they think the vision should be. But you want to collect all of that information from all the stakeholders, and the team needs to utilize that. Keep in mind that visioning is emotional. When groups engage in the visioning process, it often unleashes conflicting forces. People will feel hope and motivation, as well as fear and anxiety about making changes. But this is a good thing. It's important to understand that if the process is not experienced emotionally, then buy-in and commitment are drastically reduced. Sometimes visioning can fall flat because management didn't want to learn or respond to what the group found out. To ensure people don't become disillusioned, it's important to think the process all the way through and to make sure leadership will support the changes necessary for reaching the vision. So here are four principles of visioning to help guide you. Number one, if people create the vision, they'll own it, and the implementation will happen a whole lot more quickly. Number two, the process of developing the vision is as important as the outcome. Now, let me just say this. Sometimes clients ask us for copies of visions from other companies, and typically I will not provide that. When you provide somebody with a vision that someone else has come up with, you know what happens, right? They simply just copy that. They don't actually go through the work and the mental exercise of creating their own vision specific to their organization. Again, the process of developing the vision is as important as the outcome of the vision itself. Number three is that visions are best stated in the language of the stakeholders. You know, a, a vision needs to be clear, it needs to be simple, it needs to be repeatable, it needs to be in plain, simple terms, it needs to be in the kind of talk that people actually understand. 
If you notice that John Kennedy vision narrative that he did, he talked about that the rocket was the size of a football field. You know, pretty much anybody can relate to that, right? He talked about the thing about it being uh, uh, having the precision of the finest watch. People can relate to plain, simple language that paints a picture. And then number four, vision helps to focus strategic planning, and it needs to be developed before planning takes place. So how do we relate all this back to the new view of safety and human performance? You got to have a vision. If you're going to improve your culture and you're going to be integrating the principles of human performance into your organization, it's really important to understand fully what that is and what it looks like. And then to be able to create a vision that paints that clear picture in the minds of workers. You know, you might want to think about things along the line of becoming a learning organization and what that means. Uh, a continuous improvement organization and what that means and to be p able to paint pictures. You know, think in terms of safety excellence, not in terms of things that we don't want. So that's it today. You know, it's pretty short, but I think this is a really important one. If you don't have a vision, you know, I tell people all the time, if you don't have a vision, don't pass go. Do not collect $200. If you can't articulate to people what safety excellence will look like when you've reached that level, it's hard to get them on board. But here's the beauty of it. If you do have a really good vision, it is compelling, it's inspiring, it is motivational, it is challenging. It causes people to become motivated. It causes the workers and the other managers to want to do the things it takes to be able to achieve that vision. So think about that. What is your vision for safety excellence? What is your organization's vision for safety excellence? If you don't have one, or you don't have an adequate one, that would be a good place to start. So that's it. Hope you found value out of this one. And we'll see you down the road on the next podcast. Thanks a lot, folks. See you later. Bye-bye.